In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and I'm your host, Father Ed Broom, OMB, Oblate of the Virgin Mary. It's great to be with all of you at the start of this due day. And as always, we like to start our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful, wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, (coughs) as we pray in the Hail Holy Queen, we cry out to Mary as our life, our sweetness and our hope. So let's ask Mary to pray with us, to pray for us and to teach us to go deeper in our prayer life, which is so very important. As we pray the prayer that Mary loves most, that is the Hail Mary. Together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. What a privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor. Our counselor as well as our consoler. Our counselor as well as our consoler. And he's also our interior master or teacher. We have this in Romans chapter 8, in which St. Paul says we don't really know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say, Abba. Abba, which means daddy or father. Abba, which means daddy or father. So let's uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy, that he will enlighten our intellect and he will strengthen our will. As you pray the classical or traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. Together. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. 
O God, it instruct the hearts of your faithful. By the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise. And ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. O Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. O God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. How true that is. So, so as to encourage all of you, I will be praying for you in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. I'd like to place you on the altar when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And of course, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is the greatest of all prayers. It's the prayer par excellence, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we praise God the Father by offering God the Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to offer these specific intentions for all of us. First, I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps our prayer today can be, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Our sanctification depends in large part upon our Openness to the Holy Spirit. My next intention, I'd like to pray for our families. Family is the building block of society. 
So we can pray for our families, for the conversion of our families and each member. I'd like to also pray for our sanctification. That means our growth in union with God. And finally, I'd like to pray in a special way for our salvation. As Jesus says uh, very clearly, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? primary purpose of our life is to get to heaven. My next intention, I'd like to pray for those who will be dying today. Especially a group of those who are dying today who are not well, they're not well prepared. Perhaps they're not in the state of grace. That through our prayers, especially our intentions in the Mass, that they will be saved. Could be, my friends, that through our prayers, <coughs> those who will be dying today will be saved, some of them. Hopefully all of them. So one soul is worth more than the whole created universe. Because we're redeemed not by silver or gold or the blood of lambs, but we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I'd like to also thank you for your prayers because last night, which we began our summer program for the young people, I was expecting a relatively small number. We had 168 young people that showed up for our youth program, and we didn't we didn't have enough books. So many showed up, which is a good sign. But we have to order more books of from humdrum to holy. So I thank you for your prayers and encourage you keep praying for families, especially for the teenagers who are going through a very difficult time in this social upheaval that we're going through, this time of social confusion when there's so many ideologies that are diametrically opposed to really what the truth is. So thank you and keep praying for our families and for our young people. I really appreciate that very much on your part. Don't forget that we are a family. As a family, we have to try to be united and to support each other. And as Mary Jo points out, we're able to, the beauty is that we're able to also do this online and to be able to transmit this to you. And you see how I, I deal with the young people trying to talk on their level, but giving them solid, serious doctrinal truths. I don't want to be giving our young people cotton candy. 
but rather solid, substantial doctrine. Solid, substantial doctrine. So thank you. Today, my friends, what I'd like to do is, in our conversation, I'd like to give you kind of a summary and context of this uh, first reading that we're going to be going through during the course of this week from the book of Tobit. Really is, um, as one of our friends said, it's a charming book. And it's not long. You could sit down and read it all within probably 45 minutes to an hour, no problem. So it's uh, the book of Tobit. It's one of those wisdom books. So I'd like to just give you a summary of where we're at because <coughs> what the church does is it cuts out uh, a good part of the book and gives us a summary of some of the most salient points. So we have Tobit the father and Tobias the son. They're living in exile in Nineveh, which is part of Assyria. And we're going to see today how God will transform two tragedies in victory by the divine intervention. As mentioned yesterday, Tobit, the father, goes out and he's he's burying the dead. And as it happens, one night he's been working so hard, he's leaning on a wall. And the, there were birds above him and they... They let their droppings fall into his eyes. So he goes to the doctor, and the doctors try to give him some remedy, but it doesn't work. He goes to one, more than one doctor, and the poor guy ends up blind. For about four years. And he's suffering intensely as we saw yesterday in the Mass, that he had a heated quarrel with his wife, Anna, accusing her of thievery. And she says, now we, we see your real colors when you're in, under this trial. So as, as a result of this, as well as some of his Surrounding neighbors are criticizing him for going out and trying to help out the help out the uh, the suffering and the dying and the poor. So he's being slandered, calumniated. Even he's being raked through the coals, even by his wife. Even even though that was his fault because he falsely accused his wife. But his suffering, his suffering is very very intense, very intense. That's one scene. Not too far away, there's a relative of Tobit with the name Raguel. And Raguel 
he has a daughter whose name is Sarah. She's suffering very much. So both Tobit and Sarah are suffering incredible torments for different reasons. Tobit because he's blind. But Sarah for this reason. Sarah has felt the call to the married life to marry and to raise a family as is the normal vocation for most women. And it turns out that she marries a man then the wedding night before the marriage is consummated, her husband is strangled. And this actually happens not once or twice, but it actually happens seven times. So her seven prospect husbands are, are murdered the night, the wedding night. Can you imagine the suffering, this woman who's lost seven prospect husbands? What an incredible pain that must have been. Now to add, to add to her suffering, one of the servants approaches her and starts to insult her. To insult her. Saying, look, what happened is you strangled those seven men that wedding night. You're responsible for having killed them. Whereas the Bible says that it was not Sarah that killed these prospect husbands, but Asmodeus. Asmodeus is the name of a devil. So the devil came in and and strangled these prospect husbands. Not one or two, but seven in total. So after these insults have been leveled against Sarah, she's cast into a profound state of desolation. And she feels that her life has no meaning. So she climbs to the upper room of her house where she's living with her mother and father and she's an only only daughter. And her suffering is so intense so she's seriously considering getting a rope and hanging herself. Committing suicide. 
getting a rope, tying it around her neck and hanging herself in one of the upper rooms of her house. But see the whole how the Holy Spirit works. She starts to reflect and thinks that my parents have only one daughter. If I commit suicide, this will be an incredible shame that will descend upon my father. We'll send him to the grave in mortal anguish. So, so as not to damage her parents, Sarah decides not to end her life by committing suicide. Now, both Sarah and Tobit, they're distant relatives. They lift their minds, their hearts, their souls to God in a heart-rending prayer. That's right, a heart-rending prayer. Begging mercy upon themselves, upon their family, and upon the Israelite people. Imploring God's God's infinite mercy. In this heart-rending prayer that pierces the skies, arrives at God's ears. And God decides that he will resolve this problem in his way. God decides that he will send from heaven to earth an archangel. And that archangel, his name is Raphael. So Raphael will be sent to help out these two families, this family of Tobit and Tobias and his wife Anna, as well as the Raguel family, distant relatives of Tobit, most specifically (coughs) Sarah with her marriage predicament. And this will all come about through the instrumentality of the Archangel Raphael. My friends, right now I have a concelebrated Mass with the other priests. I will place all of you on the altar with the assistance of the angels that God would bless you and turn some of your tragedies be it physical, moral, emotional, into great victories. So you pray for me, and I will pray for you in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.